1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: And welcome into another edition as we make our way into the playoffs. It's a spits and suds for Tuesday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Shots. And D Magazine's Sean Shapiro and uh, Sean, you know, they had to take care of business last night and boy, did they ever, I don't know where you want to start with the records or the game, but I mean, so much to take in from last night's uh, Detroit tilt. Uh, so I'm, I was at the game last night, right. And you're sitting there
1: in about six minutes into the second period, the shots are 10, 10 and it's five, nothing Dallas. Yeah. And that is kind of the, one of the underlying uh, underlying things for me, and then I think just right off the top, um, obviously great team win for the stars, but how do you not start with second period? You talk about great stories almost writing themselves. Joe Pavelski gets his thousandth point, of course, on a deflection. <laughs> Of course. Mir- Miro Heishkin ties the Dallas Stars franchise the Dallas Stars record for points by a defenseman tying Sergei Zubov by taking the shot and getting the assist. Stars team clears the bench to come celebrate Pavelski like you you got to start there. I mean, you talk about um you talk about an incredible career and what a guy's done and I wrote something today Over at D magazine about Jason Robertson and but just kind of the parallels between Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. And and this isn't hyperbolic, this is true. That tip play that that Joe Pavelski scored on last night, he's probably worked on that a million times in his life. I I know, like as sometimes people will say that, like, like it's like just to make a point of emphasis, but legitimately, since he's been a teenager, Joe Pavelski, first guy on the ice. First guy off the ice, working on around the net, working on trip tip drills, doing that for twenty-something years, tipping hundreds of shots before and after practice each day. I mean, that's a play he's literally legitimately done a million times in his life, and what better way to have him score his a thousandth point? And it's just, it's such a great like, um, the drama of it is just a, it, it's a great like awesome celebration point of uh with two games left in the regular season you no longer have to worry about him going into this the playoffs with uh 999 career points and worrying about the points going into next season and it's uh, like we've talked about Pavelski and he'll always obviously be a San Jose Shark he'll probably get his number retired there and everything like that but man when he came to dallas and he left san jose what he's done and what he's continued to do it's it's just remarkable it's it's a marvel it's it really is to see how he continues to produce and there's not even an inkling of him slowing down or his game changing and the way he's done it like it's a cool it's a really cool thing to see especially for a guy like I saw actually I witnessed in the past three days in Detroit I witnessed back to back milestones right on Saturday I saw Sidney Crosby scores 1500th career point and for Sid obviously 1500 is a tremendous number and but Sidney Crosby is a first overall pick a generational player Joe Pavelski is a seventh round pick scoring a thousand points in the NHL yeah like, that 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 doesn't happen that no. that, that doesn't happen and <laughs> it's like it's the the Joe Pavelski story is amazing it's it's amazing what he's done for this franchise since he's come there. Um, like, it's it's hard not to really think about Joe Pavelski and all facets of that game from last night.
0: Yeah, 239 points in 285 games as a Dallas star. That is uh, quite the uh, good signing by the uh, stars. Uh, it's really paid off. I mean, I guess my thinking is, is because of the way he plays, because of, you know, possibly maybe a Lady Bing candidate this year. Um, I guess the question is, is how much more because of his style, the way he plays Sean, and because he's so talented on that tip drill, and because, I mean, obviously he does take some physical contact, but it's not like he's thrown up against the boards constantly. Could we see Joe Pavelski go for another three years? it's, I mean, I know it sounds
1: crazy, but it's, but it's, it's, it's not crazy to say though. And that's one of the most, that's like, you look at it, he's already signed for next year and you look at how his game has like, if you had looked at kind of, if you had, if you had told me, now obviously the, the COVID season, 2019, 20 was very weird, right? Like if you had told me, in 2019, 20, when Joe Felske was 35 years old and he had 31 points in 67 games, you'd be like, okay, he's at the tail end of his career. He's gonna things are gonna peter out. But then, 51 and 56 games, 81 and 82 last year, 76 and 80 this year, like this guy, it, I don't see him. Like he could play into. He, I could easily see him playing not just into his 40th birthday, but to his. 41st 42nd birthday and like the way he manages his body the way he takes care of himself and the way he like the the way he approaches every single day um like robertson told me how much he picks up like robertson told me 20 years from now he wants to be the guy that someone looks at him and looks at him like joe pavelski um the way that wyatt johnston's career is going to really build even further because of his time with Pavelski. Like it's it's awesome. And if he plays till he's 43, 44 years old, I'm not going to be surprised. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like I, I would almost be more surprised. Like like it's one of those where someday Joe Pavelski will retire. And that's the day I'll be surprised because I'll be like, really? I didn't know he could do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Well I mean take us take us behind the scenes because did Sean Shapiro have something to do with the entire team coming out <laughs> to celebrate Joe Pavelski's <laughs> 1000 point. This is a spits and suds exclusive. I, I
1: don't know how serious Matt Rodell, Matt Rodell is the Dallas stars director of analytics. And I was talking to Matt during the first intermission and um, the game was already for nothing or whatever it was at that point. And um, I told, I showed Matt Rodell the video of Claude Giroux having the uh, Senators clear the bench to, for his a thousandth point earlier in the night. I also, talk about a fascinating timing to have two guys hit a thousand points in the same yeah. night. Is, I don't know if that's ever happened in NHL history. That's a good question. And so uh, Matt told me, I think it was joking. I think it was half joking that he would uh, send the message down to the locker room to make sure they knew. But th- there, there's 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 a slight reality where maybe the message <laughs> came from came from up top and maybe we had a, maybe I had a, had a bit of a hand in it. Can't confirm or deny one way or the other, but it was, uh, it was definitely fortuitous. So. (laughs) So
0: when when they, when they all came on the ice, uh, you know, to celebrate, were you thinking to yourself, wait, maybe I had something to do with this. (laughs) Definitely had
1: the, uh, there was, there's a, there was a, there, there's a slight thought there. I I, I think. uh, at the end at the end of the day i'm pretty sure jamie ben probably had in his mind a plan of what was going to happen either way you saw i took the picture from up there you saw jamie made sure to track the puck down and everything like that but there's definitely uh we we at least maybe gave the reminder to uh, make sure things were celebrated appropriately
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and kudos to the nhl for allowing um the rest of the team to come on the ice during big moments i think that's you know, really good, uh, shows team camaraderie. And uh, it's the right thing to do to pause just for a second because it doesn't interrupt the flow of the game. It's not like you're doing a big ceremony. But having the team come out and say, way to go, I just I, I think that's a wonderful accomplishment. And I still say, like, you mentioned Giroux and you mentioned Pavelski. These are such good players, and it just amazes me. USA Hockey Hall of Fame for, for, for Pavelski? Absolutely nhl or hockey hall of fame in toronto but they did they were talking on hockey night in canada sean about phil kessel going in and maybe that was because of his iron man streak
1: it's a really good question i mean now the other thing that it happens and real quick on i want to give the uh, fans in detroit a real nice because they uh, after the stars cleared the bench and came out there they put on the video board that it was a a thousand points for Pavelski, and the fans in Detroit gave a really nice standing ovation for Pavelski. So nice quick, quick kudos to the hockey fans in Detroit last night on that. Um, it's a really good question. He is now, Pavelski is now in hockey hall of fame territory. He is like, he's the 11th American to, uh, to reach a thousand points. Um, he's got, he was the, he wasn't the kid and the captain of Dallas, right. But he's the captain of San Jose for a long time. He's been, he's had a, he's had international success with team USA. Um, it's he's just missing. Like he has all of the, he's got all of the, what's the right word. He's, he's got all of the like residuals around it. He's got, he's got, a thousand points is pretty good the obvi- it's amazing obviously um he his but he's missing kind of the he's missing the he, he's missing the the Stanley Cup which is obviously um, he's, he's missing the Stanley Cup and he's missing kind of he never really won some of the awards that you think um a good for him, where you start to look at guys who have had a thousand points who aren't in the hall of fame. Um, for example, and I've got the list up here. Um, like now, part partly part this is partially because he rubs people a lot of people the wrong way, but Jeremy Roenick's not in the hockey hall of fame, he's got 1,200 points. Yeah, um, you've got Rod Brendamore is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. If Rod Brendamore is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame, it's hard to get Joe Pavelski into the Hall of Fame. Um, you have, let's see, a Keith Kachuk, 1,065 points in 1,077 games, did it in less game, and he's not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So you start to get into this space where it's it's hard to pick apart Joe Pavelski's career at all. You You really, you can't. But then you just start to look at how difficult it really is to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and the fact the matter is you talk about a guy who's who's in North Star's history. Bobby Smith is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Bobby Smith had yeah. more than a thousand points, more than a thousand points in less than a thousand career games. like i so this is not this is not to rip, it's not to rip on Joe Pavelski at all. It's just the fact of the matter is there are so many others out there that aren't in the hockey hall of fame that make it hard to see him getting in. Um, yeah.
0: Good company like, though.
1: Though very good company to be in. I mean, amazing company to be in. And, 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 and there's some people that are, and there's some players that are in the hot, the, like, and I and I wonder if the difference between Kessel getting in and Pavelski getting in is the fact that Kessel, Kessel will have the Ironman streak. He'll have won two Stanley Cups. Yep, and he'll have he'll have a bit of the he'll just have kind of he'll also have just some of those. He'll have a, he the a Masterson Trophy. Um, I just I think I wonder if those are the things they get Kessel in at the end. But I also have to say and this is once again not to pick at anyone, but if Joe Pavelski, if Phil Kessel getting to the Hockey Hall of Fame, Phil, Phil Kessel should be getting to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But then you're just yeah. talking about where does your line get drawn? So USA Hockey Hall of Famer no doubt for Joe Pavelski. That's a that's what well, I don't I don't know I don't know what the eligibility rules are for the USA Hockey Hall of Fame, but Joe will get the call the first second he's available he's eligible there so
0: or maybe a kessel gets in but it's not phil into the hockey hall of fame
1: mm-hmm. yeah as that's his sister currently is. oh there 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 is a i mean you talk about her impact on women's hockey if she's not into that's what not, i'm saying if she's not in the hockey hall of fame at some point that's that's a whole nother whole nother debate and a whole nother podcast yep <laughs> yep
0: yeah as team usa is uh is battling currently Hannah Bilka from Capel uh, doing a good job on team USA. So, uh, you know, good to see the, uh, you know, women, uh, getting some, uh, there's just so much hockey going on right now. It's, it's, uh, it's awesome. You know, one of the interesting aspects is the Stars basically started the game last night shorthanded and killed off. And Detroit had a couple of probably their best chances of the game um, in the first few minutes. Uh, Ottinger, not that uh, not that tested. Um, I did find it fascinating. You were writing about that. Jake Ottinger chooses not to be a part of optional skates. Why don't you dive into that and how he thinks it helps him?
1: Yeah, it was interesting, and I want to be uh, – and I made this 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 commentary last night just based off the game where it was interesting because he was starting the opposite of Billy Huso, and Billy Huso and Jake Ottinger are two goalies who are both setting career highs for starts this year, and they're very different in their mentality. Um, Jake Ottinger is a goalie who, if there's an optional skate, he doesn't take it at all. He doesn't – he, in fact, Jake has even told me before, he doesn't – like to practice the day after a game jake ottinger is a big build up and hold everything for the games guy he obviously he it's not that he doesn't like to practice but for him a lot of the technique the base is built in being smart about when you practice if there's an optional skate jake ottinger is not skating if there is a optional practice jake ottinger is not practicing um he'll take less work at practice he's very similar in his mindset in his workload to Ben Bishop. And it's 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 very similar where and that's very much a I'm going to play 60 plus games mentality of I'm going to I'm not going to put in the extra time and work in practice because I need my body to be ready to play more minutes and Jake's going to finish like third or fourth fourth in the league this year in minutes played. Billy Huso on the other end of the ice last night in Detroit has been battling and I think the Red Wings have ill advised been pushing him to continue to play through a lower body injury, he is someone who, if there's an optional, he's taking it. Even when there's no skate, if if it's a back-to-back or something like that, and there's no morning skate, he wants to be out there to put in a lot of work. And he's putting more wear and tear on his body that fans don't see. Jake Ottinger, where he saves the wear and tear, and why Jake Ottinger is able to be a 60-plus start goalie, is he manages his body and he manages his energy outside of the game, so we always talk about like oh he can't play this many games he can't play back-to-backs Jake's response to that is well you're not seeing what I do on Tuesday morning you're not seeing what I do on Wednesday morning you're not seeing what I'm doing the day after so I can do that and it's it's an approach that I think it's a really good thing the stars had someone like Ben Bishop uh, prior in their recent history who worked with Jeff Reese because that mentality really set the stage where this wasn't a new thing for Ottinger to bring in and it allowed Ottinger to really own this mentality of, I don't need to overly practice. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I'm being smart for my team. And I think that's really a valuable thing as a goaltender. And it's also the polar opposite of what Jack Campbell was um, when he was in Dallas, Jack Campbell, obviously only played one game in Dallas, but I covered Jack quite a bit in his time in Texas. And, and Jack was a Jack worked, worked his ass off every single day in practice. Like you could see the sweat streaming down his face. Like you could never accuse Jack Campbell of not working hard in practice, but Jack Campbell burned himself out, burned the candle on both ends. Jake Ottinger doesn't let the candle burn on both ends. He knows he's one of the best. His mentality is he's one of the best goalies in the world. And right now you look at Jake and he's definitely a top 10 goalie in the world, maybe top five, depending on how you want to start making lists. And he, and he treats his gameplay as the most important thing. And not every goalie does that. And it's, it's a mentality where I I don't know what the right mentality is. It, it's a very, it's, it's a fascinating question. It's, it's one of those things where the right answer for one goalie is probably not the right answer for another goalie. Like last week, I talked to Devin Levi, who is the, uh, who, the The young goalie who's playing for the Sabres is going to be a real stud for Buffalo Northeastern guy. Um, he is someone who loves practice time, even on game, games he plays, he wants to put in the extra work on practice. And for him, that's how he, he's, he's more of that rhythm goalie. There's some goalies that are like the rhythm guy where you need that rhythm. You need that practice to push you, to get you into the game. Other guys are basically, I call it lights on lights off guy, where, the lights turn on and Jake Ottinger's ready. The lights go off and he can and he can and he can relax. That's what Jake Ottinger is. And I think when it comes to the narrative of minutes played and games played for Jake, I think we need to start having a larger discussion about how well he's done to stay healthy and manage his body and practice. And has a goalie coach in Jeff Reese who's not forcing him to get on the ice tomorrow just because that's what goalies do. Like the Stars practice in St. Louis today. Jake Ottinger is going to play one of the two games, the back-to-back. If it's an optional at all, Jake's not going to, not going to practice. And there's going to be no side eye. There's going to be no kind of like, ah, well, you should skate. No, it's just going to be, you know what? You're doing what's best for Jake, which is what's best for the team. And I love that mentality, especially that he's in. in, I, I love that he's earned that. And I love that now that he's at this point in his career, he's already, Taking that stand of I'm a number one guy, and it's 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 a, it's a great thing. I mean, I I know it's kind of I've rambled on here a little bit, but it really is something that I think just gets yeah. lost when we talk about this narrative of Jake Onterrez tired, Jake Ottinger's tired, Jake Onterrez may have like, do you know you know when you, you, people say like oh he can't play back to back, you know when the goalie you wanted one of the one of the a goalie actually wastes more energy in practice than they do in a game, so. When, So Scott Wedgwood, you talk about someone being tired. Now, Scott wedgewood has been hurt, so it's a bad example. But if Scott Wedgwood had been healthy all year, Scott Wedgwood has faced more pucks and skated more and, and, and handled hours and hours of practice, practice shots that Jake Ottinger has never handled. And we don't ever talk about Scott Wedgwood being tired.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, Craig, Craig always says on this podcast, you know, he'd like to get out there the next day and play again. Mm-hmm. He, he just feels as though, you know, his legs like it just becomes a routine and his legs get used to it. So oh, yeah. I think it, you know, it depends on the players. That's, that's amazing insight, you know, regarding Ottinger. All right. So finally you had a chance to sit down with stars, GM, Jim Nil. you have a Mason Marchman update for us. And what else do you have?
1: Yeah. Um. First Mason Marchman, we'll just we'll hit the high notes on that. Mason Marchman, the hope is uh in- and Mason skated uh in Detroit yesterday and is on the trip with the team in St. Louis won't play expectations he won't play against St. Louis on Wednesday, but they're hoping him to get him in the second game of the back to back so he can be ready for for the postseason and everything like that so that's a really important development we've talked on this pod about how having Marchmont back really helps some other things and then the other thing and just kind of a, a teaser for people and I'm going to write more about this later this week is I, find, I had a bit of the conversation with Jim yeah. Nill about, and I went down the discussion route that you and I have had about Thomas Harley and Nils Lundquist. and the the fact of the concept that how did, did the stars properly handle Harley and Lundquist? And you and I have both said we believe they made the right decision with Harley. It's worked mm-hmm. out well. And they probably messed up, and they probably made mistakes with Lundquist, in our opinion. Jim would... Jim's Jim's perspective it is is Nils Lundqvist played sixty games. He's still part of the long term plan, and it was something where he's the next man up in case of injury right now, and that's where Nils Lundqvist is. So anyone, I mean, and if anyone is, if you had any. Hopes is the wrong word, but like I may, we may see Nils and one of the in in, in, in this back to back against St. Louis, obviously. But Nils Lundquist is going to be a healthy scratch for game one of the playoffs, assuming everyone else is healthy. That's good, that's going to happen. I'm just telling everyone that will happen right now. Um, but Jim Nil looks at Nils Lundquist's growth as okay, he took some steps. We're in the right direction on him, and honestly. We thought Harley and Lundqvist were both going to play this year because we didn't expect to stay this healthy. I mean, there's been years where the Stars have gone 10, 11, 12 defensemen deep. And so he, the concept of having to make a choice between the two of them, well, that was always a reality. It's not something that they feasibly thought would happen. It's just it's hockey. Players get hurt. There's time where eventually both would have been able to play. The interesting nugget that I asked about, I asked Jim about with Lundqvist is the fact that should they have sent him to the AHL? Just cause I think that's a very fair question. And Jim looks at it this way where basically he, he uses the waiver line. Nils Lundqvist hit the waiver exemption line. He, he's no longer, he was no longer waiver exempt after about like, I want to say like 45 games. I don't have the exact number, but, um, but basically Jim, Jim's line of thinking and the stars line of thinking on this was sending Lundquist down to the AHL that early in the season, not enough sample size had been developed in the had not had been established in the NHL to prove that was the right move. And I disagree with that line of thinking. I feel like if you were, I feel like you could have handled that, but at least that's where we understand where the stars thinking comes from. Lundquist, probably if he was waiver exempt right now. Probably would be playing AHL games, but they felt that it was too early to do that, and we can dissect that one way or the other. I th- I think I think they made a mistake in that route, but at least we understand where they were coming from. The other thing that's very interesting that Nell was very adamant to me about is he looks at Thomas Harley, and he looks at Nils Lundqvist as both part uh, as both Dallas stars for next season, and that's something where you talk about our fun off season podcast Gavin, we're going to put yeah. it in that cuz we're going to we're going to have a we're going to have a we're going to have a lengthy we're going to have some lengthy conversations this summer about how you make that happen realistically cuz it's definitely there's the the vote of confidence in both of them in the future um the other thing that thomas harley brings and that was just it, it was really interesting to hear thomas harley I talked to thomas harley about it this morning, that morning and we talked about it on the pod yesterday but just to kind of watch him play a little bit more that goal that, uh, that he set up for Ropa hints. Oh, that's one of those 1% moments, right? Remember on the pod, we talked about yesterday, the difference between the AHL and the NHL is NHL players are in position 99% of the time. And that 1% moment are the moments where goals are scored. And Thomas Harley is starting to seize those 1% moments and not create them against him. And it's just, it's, 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 it's fun to watch. Um, Yeah, it's I don't the stars are going to be, I guess, from it's not a news nugget because it's obviously pretty obvious this would happen. But Jim also told me that Wedgwood and Ottinger will split the final two games. Um, We saw Wedgwood get into the game last night against Detroit in the third period. That's one of those luxury things where like David Perron scoring in the second period actually made Pete DeBoer's. Uh, life much easier because can you can you can you imagine jake jake onger has lost i think the number is three shutouts this season in the final minute of a, of a, of a game so far yeah Inclu- including the one game in new york where he literally went from winning one nothing to losing in a shootout like in the last six seconds right so can you imagine pete devore trying to go to jake ottinger after 40 minutes in a six nothing game and saying and saying ah jake we got to pull you for, for for rest reasons and jake has lost three shutouts this year
0: Eh, that's not happening. Right, so, so right.
1: David Perron almost did the stars a favor last night when he came to, 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 to managing that.
0: Um, yeah. And, and granted it's a smaller sample size, but yeah. Ottinger's numbers this year are better than his career numbers thus far. Yes. So yeah. put together a heck of a season.
1: The one other thing I want to throw to you, Gavin, real quick for your thought on this. And I was curious because, and the stars didn't want to make a big deal of this. Because they were up five nothing and it looks like bad form if you make a big deal about this. But the stars did are inquiring with the league about why UL Kiviranta's goal didn't count. Because mm-hmm. that's one of those where obviously it's it's one thing to be like, oh, ah, it's a five-nothing game. Who cares? But a goal is a goal is a goal. The league should not be making decisions like that based on the score. And if that's a one-one game or that's the game in the playoffs, and you're taking that goal off the board. So that's another thing just to keep an eye on it's going to get lost in the shuffle of all this, obviously the great milestones, the blowout victory and everything like that, but certainly something from that game where the stars will, will be inquiring with the league of why did Kiviranta's goal not count simply from the matter of every goal counts, every goal should count. And they're yeah. going to, and, and you're not playing in and, and a week from now, you're not playing the Detroit Red Wings. You're not playing the St. Louis blues. You're playing a very, very good hockey team. And the margins are going to be so thin that you can't lose out on those opportunities.
0: Yeah. I. Oh man. If if he intentionally kicked that, that he's an amazing athlete. (laughs) And I
1: don't think, I don't think he did that. I
0: really don't. I I I think think it should have been scored a goal. I agree. I think, I, I don't want to say they took the score into account, but. You know, it was such a bang, bang play. And, you know, they showed it on TV several times And. You really couldn't, you know, you couldn't tell, but I mean, the, the, you know, I'm all about the kicking motion that that's what yeah. that's that's to me, what the deciding factor is. And I did not see a motion in that. I, I saw a player that was going hard to the net. There was contact with the skate and, you know, the skate was basically moving forward. So there's no way he could, you know, continue with a kicking motion.
1: And he, and he was stopping. Like yeah. that's the other thing. Like he was stopping like it to me, that was a pretty clear. So I it's that's one of those were things where the coaching staff, the GM, they uh they're never gonna make a public statement about it because you don't want to send that message, but you're going to have your conversation with the league of like, Hey, look, that's a goal there. Like that you yeah. have to treat goals like goals. So
0: Yeah, no, I agree. All right, stars fans, go Edmonton tonight. Edmonton, Colorado. It's on ESPN. So if you have a rooting interest. Um, The ducks kind of screwed us the other night. We thought we might be able to, you know, pull off a win, but there is still a slight chance that the uh, stars could win the central, but they have to obviously win both games and a loss uh, tonight for Colorado would make things interesting. Colorado still could win out. Remember Colorado has that game in hand and they play Nashville and Winnipeg to end the season, but when there's a chance, right? You got, you know, you just got to root for, actually, I think it's going to be a good game. I I enjoy watching these two teams play it's up and down and the McDavid watch is always so much fun. What he's doing this year. There are just so many stories, Sean, this year. I mean, I know it's a May, June conversation, but when we were bringing up Pavelski earlier in the pod, you know, I was thinking Giroux scored his 1000th earlier this season, stammer, Steven Stamkos went to thousand points, crosby 1500 points just so many milestones this year it's been it really has been a great year for the league
1: it has been and it's going to be once again mcdavid mckinnon tonight must watch even if you're not watching for stars interest reasons like must watch game um and then you know what winnipeg minnesota is a good one to flip back and forth to as well even though minnesota seems to be tanking on that one by not bringing some players on the road but that's a whole nother thing. And, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be just one more. And I'm and I'm going to end the show on this because I know Star fans will love this. You get to play a bad hockey team once more this season, the St. Louis blues are a bad hockey team revel in that. And then uh, the real games start and maybe a week from tonight, depending on how the schedule shakes out.
0: Yeah. Really, really excited about that. So that's going to do it for, Another edition of Spits and Suds. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining us on a Tuesday. As we mentioned, we're going to ramp up our coverage of these stars in the NHL through the NHL playoffs. Really exciting times, and we're super excited that you guys are supporting us. So please follow us, like us on any, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And uh, thanks, Sean. You're a beast. We'll talk to you Friday. Looking forward to it, Kevin. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan.